This is Terrio Media. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Hello and welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. This is the place where I show people how to escape the rat race using real estate. And if you're just getting started and or you are looking for new and creative ways of making money in real estate, I've put together a free course just for you, including a checklist on how to find motivated sellers. These are property owners that are willing and able to sell you their property at a discount. And to access that free course, go to freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. Free realestateinvestingcourse.com. Alrighty, last call. Epic Intensive is just two weeks away. If you plan on attending and haven't reserved your seat, please go to epicintensive.com. I've got stellar stuff prepared for you. Got a new ninja Facebook strategy that we've got in place to find motivated sellers on Facebook, uh, obviously. If it's a Facebook strategy, we're gonna find motivated sellers on Facebook with it. And I can guarantee you nobody else is doing this and I'll be revealing it first at the intensive. Also, I'll show you how we're exiting our deals with seller financing, generating cash and cash flow. And we're gonna go through deal by deal and scenario by scenario, lots of crowd participation. It's gonna be a really good workshop for seller financing. And doing it all without playing in that gray area of Dodd-Frank violations. It's very easy to get in trouble when selling seller financing to a resident owner. Uh, You must be in compliance with the Dodd-Frank Act, with RESPA, and the SAFE Act. And we're going to go over all of that and how to play that game and do it with a clear conscience that no one's coming after you. (laughs) And each and every attendee is going to leave there with their very own custom plan for exiting the rat race. Regardless of where you're starting, every attendee is going to leave there with their own custom plan to exiting the rat race, and that's going to be at the end of day two. All right, so there's a bunch more, but that's uh, those are some of the highlights. I'm working on it right now as we speak. Actually, not as we speak, but I am working on it today, and I'll go right back to work on it after I've recorded this episode. Uh, the No Agent Needed book project I've mentioned the last couple weeks, it's essentially filled up. There are a few markets left. Surprisingly, Los Angeles is still available and even Orange County. So Los Angeles and Orange County and the Bay Area, San Francisco. So California is very much gone unrepresented. Uh, San Diego is spoken for. But boy, some of the best markets in the, in the country are available. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona kind of started out really slow like this. And it started out slow in interest and then eventually built up to be this huge dogfight. But, but anyway... Uh, uh, West Coast, California is available. I'd love to get some reperta- representation in the book. Um, Northern Florida is wide open. So uh, the Orlando area, the uh, the Tampa, uh, what's over there? I think Jacksonville is over there on the, on the East Coast of Florida. That's all available. And Chicago is still open. So major metropolitans are open. Some A lot of these small little minor markets have been spoken for, but a lot of these major markets, those three that I, I think of, Florida and California and Chicago, um, let's go for it. If you're doing at least two to three deals per month, this is your time. And, and if you're doing two to three deals per month and you'd like to increase name recognition of your business and name recognition of your brand, you'd like to elevate your credibility with sellers, and you'd like to receive organic, motivated seller leads indefinitely, I mean forever, go to noagentneededbook.com for the details. Noagentneededbook.com. Go there for the details. And this will be the last announcement of this. This train is about to leave the station. So if you've been thinking about it, you've been um, kind of putting it off, or you've been meaning to, go to noagentneededbook.com, all right? 
inside the Epic Pro Academy private Facebook group. Lots of big wins lately. Really nice. A lot of people gotten off to a stellar start here in the new year. Jeremiah Johnson, for one, he's got his uh, last week he closed his first wholesale deal of the year, uh, made 15 grand. He's got two new flips under contract, projected 75,000 in, in uh, profit. And he's got a, just purchased a new list with 38,000 records. Fantastic. It's on, he says, eight new seller appointments this week, closing on a flip today, and one, um, and uh, two contracts pending signing. Fantastic, Jeremiah. You are playing all out and you are going, uh, going gangbusters. Josh Swanson got a text last night from a lead that he met in October, who turned out to be not quite ready to sell then. Uh, met with her today, got the deal under contract at a great price. So glad I left the offer in writing, he says. Yes, always leave the offer in writing. That's why he got the deal. Something that happened in October wasn't quite the right time, but here we are in January, boom, got a deal because he left the offer in writing. He closed on uh, a condo eight business days after getting the contract signed, all paperwork completed, HOA estoppel, everything was done. The big win here was finding his title company that can make something like that happen in Florida. So congratulations, Josh. Crushing it, dude. Uh, Alex Jacobs, first deal of the year under contract, projected profit between 50 and 60,000 bucks. And now he's negotiating his second deal. Fantastic, Alex. Paul Thompson closed the deal that he plans to own or finance. Also got a deal under contract this weekend and he used Sly Broadcast for a follow-up campaign, got a verbal commitment and meeting set up for next week to sign the contract. You got to follow up, follow up, follow up. The fortune is in the follow up. So nice work, Paul. Um, next round of marketing for him is in the mail and found a new farm to start prospecting. All major great wins. Moral of the story to everyone who is new is to keep plugging away, keep planting those seeds and water, water, water. Fantastic. Follow up, follow up, follow up. And then uh, Josh, Josh Smith, met two sellers negotiating price, two buy and holds under contract, and two more appointments for next week. Congrats, Josh. And Josiah Wilson finished up on his first fix and flip this week. Fantastic. Time to do the paperwork for his first subject to transaction next. Super. So great wins inside of the private uh, Facebook group of the Epic Pro Academy. And a subject that's been coming up with my students lately is should I or shouldn't I? You know, they, they've got a deal that they're looking at and they're like, I don't know if I should or I shouldn't. Um, they post it inside of the Facebook group. What do you guys think? And, you know, all of that is good. I mean, to, to get, ask questions of people that are doing what you're doing to get some objective eyes, some third party opinion on stuff, always good. But um, the, I really want you to be able to make this decision on your own. Because it's your money, it's your time at stake. I want you to make this decision on your own and be confident about that decision. And I want you to be able to make these decisions fast. And so the, the question of should I or shouldn't I do this particular deal, any deal, um, I think the answer to that question, is it's going to be unique for everybody. And I think the answer for each individual revolves around ROI, return on investment. And that kind of comes in two forms, return on your dollars invested and return on your time invested. Both very valuable uh, tools and resources that you have. And you've got to determine and you've got to make good decisions on how you use both of those, the dollars that you've got and the time that you've got. And each and every one of you should uh, establish minimum deal standards for yourself. Like what is the minimum amount of profit you're willing to take to invest your money in something? And how much do you need back in return or how to get out of bed? So, um, you know, for when you have these places, you want your minimum deal standards in place because when you have these in place, it makes it really easy to make decisions about whether you should or shouldn't. It makes it easy for you to make those decisions for yourself about whether you should or shouldn't. 
and your standards, they come basically in two parts. There's two kind of uh, different types of standards you should have. First, a flip standard. Second, a hold standard. So you've got, you've got your standard for stuff that you're not going to hold, and you have standards for stuff that you are going to hold. Now, the flip standard, the stuff that you're not going to hold, what's the minimum amount of money you're willing to make on a deal? You have to answer that question for yourself. What's the minimum amount of money you're willing to make on a deal? What's the least amount of money you're willing to get out of bed for? And, and there's a general answer for this. And then there's an answer that would involve some variables as well. But just uh, as a monetary value, just that number, what's that minimum number you're willing to get out of bed for? So a flip with no fix, like, like a wholesale, you're not going to fix it up. You're just going to flip it really quick, um, typically has an infinite ROI, right? I mean, unless you have to close on it first and you got to put your, some of your own money in it. Um, but typically, you don't uh, on those quick flips and wholesales, you don't have to put any money in there. You don't have any money at stake, so that's an infinite return. You know, to figure the ROI on this, you take the money you profit, you get back from your deal, and you divide it by the money that you put in. That's how you. That's the ROI equation. You take the mo the the money the, or the profit you get back from your deal. You take the profit, divide it by the money you put in. So if you have a deal under contract and you assign it to another person and you make five thousand bucks, so you make five thousand dollars on assigning a contract, you take five thousand dollars and divide it by the money you put in. So how much money did you put in on that deal? Yeah, you didn't put anything. So that gives you an infinite return. That infinite return that can't be calculated, right? Because you you put no money into this deal, but you did put in your time. So you can't leave that out of the equation. So that's what you do get to calculate. Was it worth your time getting out of bed to make $5,000? If so, good deal. You should do it, right? If you should or shouldn't, if that's if um, if it's worth your time, you determine it's worth your time getting out of bed for $5,000, then cool, good deal. You should do it. If not, bad deal. Don't do it. You know, if, if making $5,000 is not good because you know it's going to take you away from doing deals that would generate more for you, then maybe you shouldn't do it, you know? And then, so that, that's your, your time. Also, another way to look at this is like the effort. You know, what's your ROI on effort? You know, I'll do deals all day long for a thousand bucks if all I have to do is shuffle paperwork back and forth. I mean, that's what we do with our transactional funding. So it, you just have to determine the time, but that I wouldn't do a deal for a thousand dollars. It's gonna take me four weeks to close. That wouldn't be good use of my time, right? So everybody's gonna be different. So you gotta determine what your own time is worth. Now with a fix and flip, that you make say $25,000 on. Sounds like a great deal, right? You're gonna make 25,000 bucks, who would turn that down? And so say this uh, fix and flip it, you're gonna make 25 grand and you're gonna have to put in 100 grand of your own money to pull it all together. Whether you, that's what the whole deal takes or whether that's just the rehab or whether that's a combination of the rehab and, and the uh, acquisition of the property, you get funds from whatever, from somewhere else, you, you, whatever it is, you put $100,000 of your own money. So you take $25,000, that's the profit, and divide it by $100,000, that's a 25% ROI. A good deal by most people's standards, right? A good deal by most people's standards, a deal that most people should do. But if it took you six months to work that deal from acquisition to close, is it actually, is that good deal now good? Is it worth your time to make $25,000 spread out over six months? And we're looking like three, 4,000 bucks a month, right? Somewhere in there. Just the quick math, I don't have the calculator in front of me, but it's somewhere right in there. Um, yeah, like 4,000 bucks a month. Is it worth tying up $100,000 for six months to make $4,000 a month or make that 25,000? Is there something else you could have done with that money in that time? Could you be taking that $100,000 and do two deals in that time period? 
Is it is it likely maybe you're gonna you know maybe you're gonna miss out on even a, a better deal during that time because your hundred thousand dollars wasn't available to you? We call those opportunity costs. You missed out on opportunities because your hundred thousand dollars was somewhere else working. So if not, then you should do this deal. If you don't see that um, happening, or, or um, yeah, if you don't see that happening, then go ahead and do this deal. If you do think that's possible, then maybe you should not do this deal. You see how you evaluate it? So you got to look at your ROI. Is that acceptable? Your, your return on your investment dollars, and then you want to look at your ROI, your return on your time. But maybe that maybe you had a hundred thousand dollars. That is a good deal for six months to make twenty five grand. But you got plenty. Of, you got access to plenty more dollars somewhere else, so you're not going to miss opportunities. Got it? Cool. So those are all the different variables and scenarios. It's going to be different for each and every person. That's why I'm saying the answer to this is unique, whether you should or shouldn't. So if you have your standards in place, the decision process is really easy. There should be no major vacillating over a deal. All there is to do is to run a quick calculation of your ROI factor and how long it's going to take to experience that ROI and ask yourself, is it worth it? Okay. Is the return on dollars good for you, depending on your situation? And how long is it going to take for you to get that? If that's good use of your time, then boom, I, then you do it. If it's not, then you don't. It's really quick. You can make that decision really quick and easy if you have those standards in place right up front. Now, if I do it, the other question is, if I do it, is there anything I'm going to likely miss out on? What happens if I don't do it? Just basic evaluating questions, right? Don't get caught up in the stories of sellers. Don't get caught up in the stories of properties. Don't get caught up in the fascination of what could be. Like if everything comes together, then this is going to be great. Don't get caught up in the trap of I've got to do a deal. Like I haven't done a deal yet, so I got to get the first one under my belt. Don't let that factor into your decision process. Or I haven't done a deal in a while, so I got to get one done. Don't let that factor into your decision process. I mean, you're walking on really dangerous ground when you're thinking like that. Just run the numbers, the ROI specifically, analyze the time it's going to take to manifest that ROI, and then bounce that off of you, the minimum deal standards that you've established, and then make your decision. Boom. So I'm going, I'm going to go to the left or I'm going to go to the right. So that's how it works with flips. How does it work with holds? Really the same way. Right, just calculating the ROI is a little bit different. Not much, but a little bit. So you're gonna calculate the money you're going to get back from holding the property, okay? This is what we call your cash after debt service. So you got your gross rent minus operating costs. That's your net operating income, right? You got your gross rent minus the operating costs. That's your, your vacancy, your maintenance, your, your management, your taxes, your insurance, all that stuff. Those are your operating costs. So you take your gross rent minus your operating costs, then minus your debt service, that equals your cash after debt service. So gross rent minus operating costs equals net operating income. Subtract the debt service, that equals your cash after debt service. So take your annual cash after debt service, your annual cash after debt service, and divide it by the amount of money you put in the deal. And boom, there's your ROI. So if your annual cash after debt service is $5,000, so on this property, after all of the uh, operating expenses have been paid, after all of your debt has been paid, you're left with $5,000 and you put $25,000 down on that deal to hold it as a part of your inventory, so that's $5,000 divided by $25,000, that would be a 20% ROI. 20% cash on cash return. For most investors, that's an acceptable ROI. Most investors should do that deal. Most investors should do that deal based on just the numbers alone. But the next level to that question is, how much is it going to take from uh, me to get that property to perform at 20%. How much time is it going to take and effort is it going to take for me to get that property to actually perform at 20%?
Is it worth it to me? Is it worth the time? If it's at a set it and forget it type property, if it's one of those types of property because you've got a great tenant, you've got great property management in place, that is going to be worth most people's time. But if it's going to be repair after repair, eviction after eviction, rehab after rehab, headache after headache, then then most people shouldn't do this deal. But I still say most people. For some people, like when I got started, that was a good deal. I was like, okay, I'll take it. Because I knew I had to just keep on acquiring. And I knew the more deals I had, the better, the easier it would be for me to manage the portfolio. So I didn't look at any one deal as just one deal. I looked at it, okay, I'm, I'm absorbing this into my portfolio and then I'm going to manage it and make it work that way and, and profit from it that way once I put the time into it, okay? So, but most people, that might not be a good, like that type of deal wouldn't be a good deal for me right now. But when I got started, it absolutely was, okay? Now, with all of those scenarios that I just covered, if you noticed, I had a disclaimer in there of quote unquote, most people. And I do that because depending on your market, depending on your experience, depending on your existing investment portfolio, it depends on whether you should or shouldn't. That's why I say you should determine your own minimum deal standards. So how do you do that? Well, there are probably many different ways to answer this question. But here's a really simple way. I've got two questions for you. First, ask yourself, what is your current money returning you right now? What is the the money that you've got? What is it returning you right now? So if you've got a bunch of money in the stock market and it's giving you 8%, maybe your minimum deal standards should be at least 9%, right? At least if you're going to put some money to work, you want to at least get it performing above and beyond what your money is already doing. Now, when you factor in your time, maybe the time isn't worth that 1% difference. Maybe it's gotta be 14%. You need 6% more to, to exert your time to get that return. All right, so I want you to look at what your current money is doing right now. If your current money isn't doing anything right now, or if you don't have any, or if it's very limited, then then you have to decide what is, is worth your time, right? Um, second question is, what is my time currently return, returning me right now? So if you've got a day job that's paying you, you know, say $100 an hour, that's what your time is currently returning you right now. Does it make sense to jump into a deal that pays you less than that, $100 an hour? Now maybe dollar, here's another another place where it depends. Maybe your investing is just something that you're doing on the side, right? And your intent is not to actually leave your job or leave your career anytime soon. So maybe that's not a good use of your time. But if you are planning your escape from the rat race or escape from the workforce and you want to be in control of your own time, then maybe doing that deal, sacrificing a little bit dollar for dollar time in uh, in support of the big picture, then maybe it is worth your time, what your time is currently returning. Okay, so you just want to kind of look at what you, was your money doing right now. So I got to do better than that. And then you got to look at what your what time is currently returning right now. So can you do better? So that's kind of how you, I mean, not kind of, kind of, that is how you factor return on investment, or, or excuse me, how you establish your own minimum deal standards. And we went over how you factor return on investment. That is how you use it to help you determine whether you should or shouldn't do any particular deal. Because it always 
depends. What's a good deal to me is not a good deal to you. What's a good deal to your neighbor? Not a good deal to you. What's a good deal to you might be a um, exceptional deal for your neighbor or a terrible deal for your neighbor. You got it? Everybody is in a different situation. They've got different goals. And that's how I just want you to be able to uh, make that decision for yourself. Make it confidently and make it quickly. This is a game of speed. Real estate really is. I mean, the, the early bird gets the worm. Those that act fast and confidently are the ones that win in the long run. But it's not acting fast just for the sake of acting fast that makes you win. It's acting fast with a uh, an established decision process in place, establishing your minimum deal standards up front. This is going to allow you to move fast, move confidently, and move competently and accurately and, and grow. Got it? All right. So... That's it for today. I'll see you next week on another episode of Epic Real Estate Investing. God bless and to your success, I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.